Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My Good Bad Brain is a production of MindJam Media. Check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain if you feel like throwing some money at the show. Helps out a lot. Also helpful if you leave us nice reviews wherever you find us. Thanks a lot. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is, but I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Welcome to this brain breather, everyone. Haven't done one of these in a little bit. I got a tweet. I got tweeted at from someone named Rebecca. I'm going to read that to start off this pod. Jared Sleeper, podcast idea, at Jared Sleeper, whatever. Podcast idea, an episode for people who are really struggling with their mental stuff and want to feel like someone cares about them. It would be super chill, like... Wow, our brains suck sometimes. You will feel better. But in the meantime, I am here for you. And then another addition. As someone who doesn't have friends, I don't have anyone to help me take my mind off things when I can't do it on my own. When I'm deep into shit, I don't want to discuss my disorders. I just want a nice little distraction for an hour until I can uh, begin being uh, rational again. Um, you know? Uh, I do know. I do fucking know. Uh, I've responded that I feel this in my bones. <laughs> I still do. This was uh, four days ago, according to my Twitter app. Um, it came at a good time for me personally. So there's some irony. Rebecca, thank you. And you saying that because just reading those words, you know, Wow, our brain sucks sometimes. You will feel better. But in the meantime, I am here for you. That was there for me. Um, I feel this in my bones for so many reasons. Namely because this podcast, My Good Bad Brain, accurately describes my experiences still. 
I have so many tools. Maybe like you out there have so many tools. I've been through this so many times. Maybe you have too. Where your brain is doing its fucking thing. I really like how she says my mental stuff. Because that's how I feel. I think it's best just to call it that. The stuff. Not an illness. Not a disorder. Whatever. Just your stuff. I had a fucking bad one. Bad last week again. And God bless. Uh, I, I am very lucky that I do have people that I can talk to. Uh, and that helped me a little bit, but the reality of it was I wasn't going to be fixed or helped by the people trying to, and I knew that, and I and I knew I had to be alone in it, because I'm sure like a lot of you feel, the people even who do have friends, it doesn't mean you can always feel them, and you know somewhere in you that you're going to have to deal with this alone, and ultimately... It is just you with it in your experience. But I wanted I wanted to guide the thought leading into this brain breather. I wanted that to be this one, that I want it to be me saying to you, kicking off with her words, wow, our brain sucks sometimes. You will feel better. But in the meantime, I am here for you. My good bad brain is here with your good bad brain. And I'm here for you. And I know I'm just a person. And whatever you're listening to right now isn't even a person. It's a recording of a person. It's a tape you can play that you can download from anywhere and hear this voice, the voice of another person. And the person you're listening to might be totally different now, might be in a completely different headspace, might be useless to you, might be off the rails, might be gone forever, I don't know. But this person that you're listening to, this recording, I'm here for you now. And I have written whole screeds, whole essays, practically books that I needed to hear, treating myself like a third person. And so this recording that is not me talking to me, hearing it back, I am here for you too. One time, one time I had this weird experience where I was in a really bad headspace. I was going through some hard things. And sometimes those hard things like you might be having, sometimes that's just life. It's just nothing even extraordinarily bad. You know, just breathing, getting through life and the news day to day. I was going through it and I used one of the only tools I had at the time. I went to the gym. I was alone. I worked out in the gym and I was lucky that I taught at this gym so I could be in there alone when it was closed. And these big mirrors in the gym. And I worked myself out to this fury, just this red face, burning lungs, just wrecked myself to try to get out of my body, get out of these feelings, put them somewhere. And I remember looking in the mirror and having the strangest, like, performative, alone, you know, golem moment with myself. My face changing back and forth and everything, talking to myself. 
and I felt like my body was talking to me. And I, and I said to myself, what my body had to say to me was that I will always get you. I will always come get you. I will always come for you, it said. And that sounds funny a little bit. But I do think our bodies and our brains, and our brain is our body, so let's not use that word for now. Our bodies and ourselves are two different things. And we want them to tag team, and we spend all this time trying to pull them in concert with each other to work together. But I think that's why this idea of the good, bad brain, which is the same thing as the good, bad body, works for me and exists so strongly because I know it's not me. And you are not the things that you're going through right now or ever. And the permanence of them, of the identity, those are all illusions. I'm going to take a little pause here to say, as we continue to just kind of create a, a you're, you're okay tape, you know? You're okay. A you're okay tape. You're okay, and it sucks sometimes. You will feel better, but in the meantime, I'm here for you. As we make that tape, I'm going to create a little space that makes that feels better for me if you want to also. I've been lighting incense, you know, a lot, and that helps me. Maybe you got something that smells good that you like. I'm just using this Nag Champa, this incense that I, you know, it's old school. Old school thing, or it makes me think of being a kid in a cool way, in a romantic way that probably never even existed, a teenager. I I don't have an incense burner. I just stick them into the waxy part of candles. <laughs> Let them burn down and clean up the ash later. I'm also going to, I have this other candle. I just, I got it as a gift and it's kind of witchy and I like it a lot. It says, uh, nihil mortalibus ardum est around the edges of a, a big eye that looks very much... <laughs> very much like an Illuminati eye, but I like it. I like the, I like the witchy feeling that comes with it. You know, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It, it becomes, uh, I don't know, a token for me. It's part of my ritual to feel that I'm invoking this magical power. So I'm going to light this eye. And in case you're wondering what those words mean, That Latin, nihil, mortalibus, ardum, est, means nothing is too difficult for mortals. Anything is possible. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing for us and for you. And it's here if you want it. And if you don't, it's fine. If it's something that works for you, this ritual space, let it work for you. And if not, let it make you laugh. <laughs> Just the silliness that we're doing. All types out here. So I invite you, if you're feeling crazy, to know that that's all right. It is. Let's stay here with it together. Not take it out on other people. Not spread it around too much, you know? And if you don't have somebody to turn to or to talk to, just come hang here for a bit. Ah, you don't need to talk about it with me. You don't even need to work it out with yourself. You don't. Sometimes that's the nature of this thing. It's just a cycle that you're in. It's an experience you have. 
don't put too much thought into it. I was taught to meditate a little bit when I was younger. I was taught to meditate a few different ways. The first time I learned about meditating was I was a little kid and uh, my dad's my dad's friend, kind of like an uncle figure. Um, he was just a, a cool, cool guy. I thought kind of funny guy when I was a kid, he, he had, uh, <laughs> he had these false teeth that he would take out that I found both, uh, sort of ghoulish and scary, but also funny and entertaining. I guess he lost them playing softball. <laughs> I guess that ball is not as soft as it sounds. And he had sprouts. It was like the 90s, and he would grow sprouts in a tray. And I swear, I remember them being the backseat of his car in the window, just the <laughs> the light growing these sprouts around for him. And I always associate those sprouts with him because I remember in the backyard one day, he taught me how to meditate. I must have been seven, six, seven, eight years old. I don't know. And uh, he said one way to meditate is just look at the grass, and you just look and find one piece of grass. And just stare at that one piece of grass. And that's it. And later, as I was learning how to do different kind of meditation, more energetic, related to Kung Fu at the time, I was learning some internal martial arts with it. I was learning a little Qigong. And uh, they told me this phrase about let thoughts that come through your head be like a galloping horse. You can watch them, but don't ride them. And that sort of easy boundaried space, you know, semi-permeable boundaries. I remember learning about those in biology, this idea that you have a, a membrane around cells that is, allows certain things in and doesn't allow other things in. It was like, let, that, let your brain be that. Let yourself be that with thoughts. Let a horse of a thought run through your brain and leave it. And both of these things, both the idea of holding a space that I allowed my experiences, my thoughts, but also my emotional experiences, my anger, my loneliness, my craziness feeling, my hopelessness, my pain, my anger. I don't know if I said anger once already, but that one keeps coming up in my head, just this fury that I never really acknowledged, never really knew what to do with. That those could just be things, those could be horses galloping through you. And then you're just holding this space, your consciousness, yourself is just watching those things happen. And you can do that too, anytime. You can just watch the things you're going through. Even while you're doing them, I'm doing these things, huh? And let's not worry about getting to the part about trying to control them, trying to stop them or do something else with them, trying to experience something differently. Let's just try to get to the part where we're just watching it happen. No big deal. No big deal. That helped me. Not with judgment. And you know what? If you're experiencing judgment of it, don't judge the judgment of it. That's fine. That's fine. You're a person. You're allowed to like or not like things. And you're allowed to like or not like things about yourself. It's the only way. I mean, you got to take control of yourself. And one of those ways is to have a thought about yourself that is real and that is here. So if you're experiencing judgment of those feelings, you don't like them, or you feel bad about having them, or weak for having them, no big deal. You're experiencing that. You're just watching yourself experience that. And then the other thing about the grass, that like not only can I hold temporary experiences and thoughts and let them just flow in and out of me and just watch them go, 
that I am something separate from them. That's like what that little trick defined for me, I think, was that you could pick anything, anything in the universe, a blade of grass, and if you just focused on that one thing, you'd find infinity there, you know? And I've been saying this thing lately, every person is a poem, and that might sound so saccharine, but I don't think it does because who wants poems, you know? <laughs> There's too many fucking poems and poets and things out there trying to make their world poetic. So it's not like I'm doing some saccharine, amazing thing where we're saying every person's a poem and that means they're special and magical and blah, blah, because we don't feel fucking special and magical and blah, blah all the time. A lot of the time we feel normal. And our mundane normalcy is what's so frustrating about it. Why is this happening again? Another fucking day. Another day of me feeling this fucking pain and this impossibility. Why? That's not special. It's not poetic. Well, it is poetic. It's infinite. It is singular, despite or maybe because of how much it has in common with something else. It's singular and it's real and it's there. And the idea to me of every person being a poem and maybe every experience every person has being a poem, I think it just has to do with narrative. Understanding that something about these closed loops of story, instinctively we must create and we must live out and we see. Probably it has to do with the fact that we can only interpret time as moving in one direction and so we have to create some kind of boundary to that, some delineation, a day starting and ending, an hour starting and ending, a minute starting and ending. And so you have a start and an end. And if you have a start and an end, then you have a middle. You have a beginning and an end, then you naturally have a middle because something has to be between them. And now you've got a narrative and that's it. And so probably every person being a poem is no more mystical or... Ugh, eloquent or aggrandizing or whatever, enchanting, then the idea that a minute starts and happens and ends or a day starts and happens and ends. You start and happen and end and moments of you start and happen and end and they're stories. And that's a poem, just a little magical space that you occupy. And the beginning and the middle of an end of a poem might feel a little bit murky or jumbled around. And that might be how you feel. The beginning and the end and the middle, all murky and jumbled around. But just like the poem, you're no less beautiful for it. And beautiful, that loaded fucking term. Let's like think about what that fucking means. What is beautiful? I kind of think everything's beautiful. And that's, that to me is the poem thing. The person is a poem and you're a poem and this moment's a poem. And I think it's why people who are sad get emo, right? This idea of being emo, because we must imbue and ensconce and honor these experiences as things that we're holding inside the vessel of a narrative or just in the vessel of our beholding as we watch it like the horse thought galloping in and out of you. You're just watching this moment and once you got an audience to something, well, now you got to play. So everything becomes art. That's the only thing you need to be an actor, to be putting on a play, is a performance and an audience.
We have the vessel within which we're watching our experience. And we have the experience, which is the performance. And we have the watcher, which is you. And you get to be all of those things. And in this sort of dissociation, which we could call mindfulness, if we wanted to give it a nicer term, you're okay. You get to tell yourself you're okay. That doesn't mean it's fun. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it doesn't have consequences. But it's okay. It's not breaking the boundaries of reality. And it's not going to be forever. It's okay. I am not fucking good at doing this. I had a real bad meltdown just the other week. I don't know. I have a poor reaction when my body gets sick. I just feel like a failed organism or something. I feel frustrated because, like I said in my earlier story, exercise is such a tool for me. So what happens when that tool goes away? And maybe that's why this resonated with me also. Because one of my favorite tools for coping with my brain when it's being bad to me or just bad to itself or difficult or whatever fucking word you want to use, clunky, muddied up, Here's my body just congested and fucked up. It's hard to even breathe, much less exercise. So I lose one of my favorite tools to try to get out and get objective. And when I say objective, I don't even mean truth. I just mean maybe a perspective shift, a way to look at it from the outside, look at it as an object. And that's what I mean by objectively. So I lose this thing because I'm sick. And I'm just sitting there with my failures my deadlines not met my new jobs not found my bank account dwindling my bills still laying in front of me my brain attacking me again with just this misery and I don't know what your brain says to you I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and by shot in the dark I mean I'm just gonna say what my brain says to me so let's Let's get ready to hear some real fucking bullshit, okay? Don't let this don't let this compound if you have anything similar. Let this be funny because it is fucking silly that so many of us experience these thoughts. You're a fucking failure. <laughs> I get that one. That one that's right when I go, "Who are you kidding? What fucking good are you?" You piece of fucking shit. You piece of shit. I don't know why piece of shit has always jumped in my head. I don't think anyone even ever called me a piece of shit, like, close to me or anything. Maybe not even. Who says that phrase, you fucking piece of shit? I don't know, but it's in my brain. There you are. You're a piece of shit. You're a fraud. You fucking so many mental problems, but not even just the cute ones that people can understand. You have the ones that fuck other people up. You're a narcissist. Why are you thinking about yourself so much? Why are you thinking about your experience so much? Why? Why? Why do the algorithms matter so much to you? Why do you need to blame the algorithms? Why do you need likes? Why do you need people to like your things? Why do you need listeners? Why do you need downloaders? Why are you so pathetic to need those fucking things? Why do you need attention? Why do you need someone to tell you you love you? You know they'd just be saying it to lie to you just to get you to shut up and keep you from doing something bad. You know they're just doing it because they feel like a hostage to your feelings. 
if they don't tell you nice things and gas you up, who knows what you might do. And that's really why anyone's nice to you is because you're just, because <laughs> you're tricking them, right? Because they're scared of you. Man, this could go on and on and on. I have so much. There's no running out. And it's funny to say it to myself now and maybe for you to hear it too and it to resonate with you at all, whatever your negative self-talk says. We're not even going to get into the body dysmorphia stuff and the nitty gritty of what a fucking piece of shit you are, blah, 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 whatever your thing says. I can listen to it now and go, wow. I remember when that felt true and it was only a couple days ago. I remember when it was the middle of the night and you were fucking losing your mind. It's too late for you, you know? Nah. That was a few days ago and I don't know what my brain was doing. I don't know why my brain is so good at me. Even when I would use my tools and start to think of the lists I've made and the things I've done that are good. Yes, a friend helps. Someone telling you they love you. Like I said, you figure out a way to talk that out of the way too. So if you're in your position now where you don't have a friend to talk to, except for me, here I am recording on this tape with you, sitting through it with you. If that's you now, let me just tell you, the friend's not even helpful all the time because your good, bad brain will figure out a way to push away the only things that are going to want to help you. And you'll figure out a way to talk out how any help or a kind word or reminder that someone's trying to give you any landline is actually a snake. That rope has got teeth and it's going to bite you and it's poisonous. Fuck you. And you get it out of there about how they're manipulated into saying nice things to you because they're afraid of you and all that kind of stuff. Or they just lie to you for their own purposes or some other reason or, or, or to invalidate the help that is there for you. And I guess one thing I'm thinking is that like, the real help, the real moment of possibility, I really think that exists everywhere. And I think that possibility comes maybe inherently in just being able to observe your experience. I said on here once before, just being able to have the thought that you might be able to have the thought that you could maybe get better means you've beaten it. You're already beaten it. Not just in this moment, beating it, but beat in. That you have already done the work that lies before you to feel better and to be better and to do better in the world. And that infinity where time doesn't exist, where things that you have not yet done are already finished. That infinity where time folds on itself and possibility of the possibility in the future can live now, that exists in that infinity anytime that you can find in that blade of grass and you can find in that ability to just look at what you're going through. Some of this can seem like such a ramble. And to be honest with you, often it is. But sometimes I find just talking to myself and just talking just doing it out loud and hearing words and getting into cadence and a rhythm with myself, smelling the incense, looking at the candle that says to me in Latin, which always feels witchier and spookier and more powerful than English, nothing is too difficult for mortals. And that's all I am, is I am a mortal. But nothing is too difficult for a mortal. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing. 
Nothing. Nothing yet you have encountered in your life has been too difficult for you. Nothing you have encountered in your life so far has been too difficult for you because here you are. You know? It's an important thing to remember. It's an important thing. I just had a thought a minute ago, and the thought ran away from me. And it's funny because I was like, I'm on a roll. (laughs) I'm feeling good about this. I'm gassing myself up. I'm feeling more possible as this goes. This is good. And then I've got another thought load that's going to be good. And you know what happened to it? It went away. (laughs) Everything's temporary. And I was like, fuck, maybe I should just pause this. Wait till I figure out the thought. Start again. Nah. Nah, why? There's no editing life. And it's not perfect and it's not clean. You know that. How are you doing right now? How's your body doing? I check in with my body a lot. If you're having a bad one and this is useful for you and this is, or maybe not useful, maybe you're this far in and you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? This episode's supposed to fucking help me. What the fuck's going on? All he's doing is talking about fucking grass and himself and how fucked up he is. And that section when he was talking about how fucked up he is, this inner voice, that that fucking didn't help. That made me more anxious. That's what mine sounds like. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm a mess, dude. I'm trying. A thing is what it is. A thing is what you want it to be. When I create this ritual space... Do I think there's some magical power? Do I think the incense that wafts around and looks like little ghosts running out of a stick? Do I think those are little ghosts running out of a stick? Are those evidence of the spirit world to me? Is it something to invoke the spirits here? Do I think nothing is too difficult for mortals? I had a third grade teacher, Mr. Grant, and he used to say, People who say nothing is impossible, I say, yeah, stick a Buick up your nose. (laughs) I thought that was so funny when I was in third grade, and I still do now. Nothing is too difficult for mortals. Stick a Buick up your nose. (laughs) We can say these things, and they can be true while we know they're not true. First of all, I argue maybe you could figure out a way to stick a Buick up your nose. Okay? One way or another. First one I can think of is just trade a Buick for its value in cocaine and do that. I mean, don't do that, obviously. But you're sticking a Buick up your nose if you do it because everything is everything, you know? You translate it into what you translate it into. Everything is everything. Everything is everything. The same molecules since the Big Bang make up the whole fucking universe. It's all just getting recycled. Everything is everything. So this tape, this you're okay tape, you're okay. It's a you're okay tape if you want it to be a you're okay tape. You know what I mean? Do I think that I'm creating magic as I light these candles in this incense? Yes, I do. I think I have drawn the circle in salt 
and chalk or whatever. And that circle is protecting me from myself and from the demons that I know. The hungry, hungry fucking demons. Hungry, hungry hippo demons. Because I want it to be. And because it's easier for me to think about these voices and these thoughts that are intrusive and aggressive and hungry, destructive and selfish. It helps me to think of those as demons, which they are. And it helps me to think about that I used to play this video game called Diablo when I was a kid. I loved it. And Diablo is this gothic horror. And it was like they took the visions of demons that the church had in medieval times with the horns and the goat legs and all the things. And the idea that they live under the earth with fire and brimstone. And you could just walk down in the basement of the local corrupted church and start fighting them with a bow and arrow or a sword or your hands. You could just go down there and start beating up demons. And I fucking loved that. I was so scared when I was a kid of ghosts because they had no form. They had no body. There was no substance to them. They could just live in your thoughts, (laughs) right? The same as thoughts. You could not destroy them. They would just be there. And for those of us who have good, bad brains and are so fucking affected by our thoughts, I wonder how many of you get fucking scared as shit when you hear true haunting stories. You get that chill roll up your spine. Werewolves, not scary. Vampires, not scary. Nothing with a body was scary because you could fight it. It was there in front of you. And so this metaphor of this video game of demons that you could just in the medieval sense just go down and fight them and yeah they'd be magical and tough and scary and all these things that they'd be but they were here and they were firm and they were in front of you and you could do something about it even if you died in the doing i mean is that now that i'm talking about it does that is that any kind of surprise that that would be appealing to somebody with a good bad brain that we know, as long as I can fight it, as long as I can embody it, I'm good. But what do you do with these thoughts? What do you do with this feeling? Well, for me, today, what seems to work is to just talk to myself and to you and to just talk and share this space where whatever you're feeling, whatever I'm feeling is allowed to be here. Creating a little theater for myself to put on a show of my feelings and observe them observe myself, observe the comedy and the tragedy of myself. And I can light this incense and I can light this candle with this message reminding me, with this eye watching me, this eye that is catching everything, that nothing is too difficult for mortals as it watches you. And I'm watching you and I'm telling you, nothing is too difficult for mortals. Nothing is too difficult for you. And there's something about this blind faith and this magical thinking and this ability to just look at our future and ourselves and go, it is bright. It is good. The me that is experiencing this fucking bullshit right now, this is a me that I wear as a cloak. This is a me that I wear as a costume. And I was given this costume by others, in this collaborative performance, this work of art I've been doing since I've born, 
that cloak, that costume. We have co-created it with our loved ones and our friends and our enemies and society at large. And people don't give a fuck about us. And we're just accidental catching the wind of whatever they experience. That's just a cloak. This is a costume I wear for this performance. And it's so convincing, this performance that I have, that it feels fucking real. And I'll tell you, I've done a lot of theater in my time, and sometimes I'm dubious if theater is even a good idea for people with mental stuff, or for anyone, really. It feels like you're cultivating sociopathy. There's this thing they like to say, actors, that actors are bad liars, because when you're acting, you're always telling the truth, which is something I experience. So it feels like you're cultivating this sociopathy. I could be anyone. Anything could be real. Anything could be true. And that starts to feel a little shaky. Because once you confront in your real life that you have a little bit of inconstancy and unsureness and nothing feels real all the time, but the pain feels real. (sighs) The difficulty of not knowing where to stand is legit. And you might be experiencing that right now. And I want you to know that even that's a costume. Everything's temporary. And you can watch that. And you can start to pick the one you want to be true. The story about yourself you want to be true. We can do that. When they take everything from you, The only thing you have left is your breath and your word. I hope at this point you're breathing slower. I don't know. I haven't cued you to do that. I don't think I need to. I think your body knows. In and out. Just breathing. Those rotations. Just like the horse running in and out. Just like the thoughts. Just like the identity. Just like the experience of the panic. The anxiety and the depression and the disappointment and the anger and the fear. In and out. Always moving in and out. Respirating. Just respirating. It'll change. And it'll go and it'll come. That's it. In and out. And your word. What is your word? What is the word? Why in the Bible do they capitalize the word? What is the word? I think it's just choices. I think the word is just the script and the stories that we can't help but do. The narrative. The word. So you get to have this word. That's the costume. That's what's written on the page. That's what makes every person a poem. The word. This part. The word. Your breath and your word. Your breath is the happenings automatically and eternally and forever. The in and the out and the word what's written on the page, the choices, the poem, the costume, the performance, the you. And between these two things, this eternal thing of the breath that always comes and goes, that's you. That's just the you that is observing it. And the word, the choices that you make to say, to be, to experience, or the choices made for you that you co-sign. Between these two things, there's a whole picture of you, and it is okay, whatever the fuck 
it is, it is okay. You just got to keep staying with it and observing it and breathing and performing it. I had that experience in the gym, my face doing this golem thing, freaking out, crying into this mirror, and my face turning all flat and serious and talking to me. It's okay. Crying at myself, I don't think it's okay. I don't feel okay. I'm fucking scared. I'm mad. I'm fucking piece of shit. What am I doing? And the face turning serious and okay, calm again. It's okay. I'll always come for you. And I really think that was the body, the respirating, the everythingness. The body is the avatar of eternity. That's what you are. I love this idea that if you believe in God or something like that, this idea that a, a point to the universe, a meaning of life kind of a thing, that you are God experiencing itself. You are the universe experiencing itself. In all of this creation, these infinite, impossible beauties, the stars and the cosmic dread that accompanies trying to comprehend the eternity of it, everything, every person being a poem, the pain you're experiencing now, or the confusion, or the nothingness, or the aloneness, all of that, that you feel happens in complete isolation, that is the universe observing itself. That is all of creation, this unifying idea of existence, being audience to its own expression. And I think to the egos that we have and the culture that we've had, even that can be difficult to look at in a positive light. What? So all of existence is just masturbating for itself? It's an impossible question to answer because no. Because there's not a singular identity, that thing. It's this endless, limitless thing. It's like you couldn't have light without dark. You couldn't. Here's a crazy shower thoughty kind of thing I saw on Reddit the other day that just fucked me up a little. And I'm going to share it because I think it's a beautiful and fascinating concept. Um, if you're blind, you'll know this already, I guess. But the thought was that for people who are blind, who have never had vision, and I know I'm speaking as a sighted person. As a sighted person, when you imagine blindness, you imagine blackness, I think was what everyone thinks, the absence of light, the place I can't see. But that's not what a blind person who's never had sight would experience. They would experience nothing. It would be like you trying to see out the back of your head. You don't try to see out the back of your head in its darkness. It's just nothing. And I loved this thought. It scared me. Because it's a wonderful way to think about what other things do we not perceive simply because we might not have the sense to perceive it? 
when we look at our limitations, our smallness in the universe and think, oh, wow, so it's just a universe jacking off for itself is me observing myself. That's the poem you're trying to get me to buy into. (laughs) I'm saying I don't think we could ever perceive the true eternity of the thing. And I got this picture in my head that if you imagine your own body, if you had a glass of cold water, and you dipped your finger in the cold water and experienced this icy coldness in the tip of your finger, that whatever the next higher dimension of existence is, let's just say God, for lack of a better word, okay? God works for me because when I say God, I don't picture some spaghetti monster or some big hairy male Zeus patriarch in the sky. It's just become a word for a like a joie, kind of that sound. It makes just everything. Whatever, you know, the cosmic horror, but in a sort of peaceful way. This, to me, this ocean of love that is at the core of all things, this connection between all of us, that God, whatever, that I often need to use, the thing that allows me to step back and observe that is the part of me that is God, that you have also in your okayness there. And that if you, as part of this God thing, dipping your finger in the nerve ending, experiencing the cold, that's you. And that's me. That's all of us. Just this little fucking nerve ending that has one job to receive the electrical input of the cold and send it to the brain. That's it. But how rich that is. Your entire experience is that coldness as the little nerve ending there experiencing the cold. That's all it is. And so for you in this moment, that's what you are. You're a nerve ending in the infinite being of God that we're all attached to, whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever existence is, the fabric of being tied into things. That's it. That's who you are. And you're just experiencing what you're experiencing as a part of the experience of the entire body. And there's no more or less infinite or perfect or fucked up or strange because of it. It is all things at once while being entirely singular. And that's okay. It'll pass. It'll pass. If it's good, it's going to pass. And if it's bad, it's going to pass. And sometimes it'll pass slowly. And sometimes it'll pass quickly. Sometimes you'll be surprised at what tools help you and what tools don't. Sometimes you'd be surprised at how easy it is to shift and at other times surprised at how difficult. And I would just ask you to try to trigger this thought whenever anything happens. It's okay. That just always helped me. It's okay. If it helps you, and serves you to start thinking about the way it branches out and connects to everything else and how beautiful that is and how even in your absolute aloneness, you can think about how many other people are on the planet feeling alone. And even if that's not true, that you caught the universe on a fucked up weird day, (laughs) that you're the only one on the planet that feels alone like this right now, that's okay. And that somewhere in the multiverse, an alien on another planet or another dimension, 
also feels alone and you're together in that aloneness, that's okay. And even if that's not possible, you're the only thing in all of existence that is alone and experiencing this pain and you're doing it all alone, then it's just you and God. Then it's just you and the rest of existence. And that's okay. And how fucking spectacular is it that you are the one who gets to feel that loneliness for all of us. We wouldn't even know what that loneliness was if you weren't feeling it. It's magical. It's magical to be a person. It's magical to be in pain. It's magical that you get to survive that and see it and bring it back for other people. It's magical. I keep thinking about stopping this podcast. I said I wanted to do it for a year. Because I never really committed to anything for a year. I missed my first week a week ago and it fucking disappointed me. I was disappointed in myself. I was not happy. And I'm sure that had to do with leading into the other stuff I was going into. But I also think that the bad stuff I was going into and experiencing this break, this loss of my tools, this experience of horrible pain and disappointing failure to control it that you may be experiencing... I'm sure that had to do with me not being able to make an episode. And I was thinking, why am I doing this shit? Am I just identifying with my fucked up pain and my badness, quote unquote? My good, bad brain? Is this me? Am I just this fucking mess and that's what I'm going to be online? And I'm going to make posts on Instagram about feeling fucked up and how fucking depressed I am, and that's who I'm going to be? No, I don't want to fucking be that. I'm navel-gazing too much. This is just like when you were in therapy too long and started to feel like you were keeping the problem going instead of moving past it. Let's quit this fucking shit. And you know what happens? You fucking lovely people out there, other good bad brains, I get these fucking messages, and what do I do? Not do this shit? You keep me going. I like to think that if this did something good for you, me, this recording, not this person, this recording talking to you, whatever. If this did something good for you and you told this person about it and this person made another fucking tape of just this bullshit, whatever the fuck I'm talking about, maybe all it is is just having another person to sit with to drone at you for a little bit so you can think, wow, that guy's fucked up or that guy's fucking embarrassing. Let's make fun of this fucking piece of shit so that you can get out of being mean to yourself, whatever. Or maybe if you're just feeling it, let's, let's stop being like that. Stop, stop making everything self-criticizing, Jared. Stop, stop turning it that way. Don't, let's be a better example. If this is fucking working for you, and this is something valuable in the universe, and you made me make another tape because you told me that, and then somebody else heard it who didn't even know, and then they came and said, I mean, you have no idea how much you're helping other people, even in your aloneness. You have no idea. And I guess that might not do anything for you, knowing that you're helping other people just by experiencing and living and putting that energy out there, being part of it, I don't know. But it matters to me, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's scary to be alive, you know? 
it's fucking scary. I don't know what to do with fear a lot of the time. I keep thinking I do. I keep thinking I have places to put it. I couldn't really remember all my tools when I was freaking the fuck out. But I'm going to keep trying. And some days I'll have the answers. And some days I won't. Depending what story I'm supposed to be telling, be part of. Depending what poem I'm supposed to be that given day. I don't know. And you don't know. You don't have to. And if you do know, give me the fucking answer. Because I'll take it. I love it. It might work on a given day. And it might not. And all of that is okay. You're fucking okay. You're okay. So I had that thought that I read on Reddit about blind people don't see darkness. They see nothing. It would be like you trying to look out the back of your head. And I thought, fuck. I wonder what things exist that I just cannot see. Because a person who cannot see is still experiencing the same universe. The ones with the things that if you are a person who can see, has enjoyed. And for the extra dimension that it has, as you with a person who can see. What if there's just a sense that we don't have that would allow you to see time? And not just time, but choices to see the threads that led you to be happy or sad. That saw the experiences that colluded together to make the experience that you're having now in this moment. This dialectic, you could see it as much as you can see a sunset. Or that you could see the spoon that you pick up out of a drawer. And sometimes we can get a sense for that, I think, with the limited stuff we have now. Just like if you lost your ability to see, you could still kind of create a shape for yourself of the spoon in the drawer or whatever the thing you're trying to look at is. And you can do that now with your eyes and your hands and your thoughts and your ears and your taste. You can... Sometimes just a little bit sense the outline and build a shape in your mind of your self and your future and your experience. And you can see how that got to be whatever it is. And you can see that it's okay. It's going to get fucking better you can even start to pull those little strings. And you can tug this string over here and see how it makes it more tense down the line and creates a little sine wave down there when you start to wave it. And that sine wave of your future, well, that's the version of you that's realized, baby. There's the one that's feeling joy that you might not have felt in a long time. There's the you that's in the middle of a laugh. Or, my favorite... The version of you that got someone else caught in a laugh. Maybe someone you got a crush on. Maybe the kind of person that you want to make laugh the most. The person who when you get to make them laugh, it's like you're playing an instrument and they're making your favorite music come out the other end. You get to be part of that. Something that makes other people feel stuff. 
makes the world better for those people. Maybe a million billion miles from where you are now, you will get to drone at somebody in a tough place about all kinds of nonsense that makes no sense. Nonsense without sense. Contradictory things. Nothing is too difficult for mortals except sticking a Buick up your nose, which maybe you could do if you think about it. Just droning at you in his magical circle with the incense. Maybe you'll get to do that to somebody and you'll get to tell them you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. How about now? You're okay. (laughs) Some people out there, they cut this episode off a minute in or two minutes in or five or 20. I don't know. I don't know where they get bored of it, where they get tired of it, where they don't need it anymore, where they go, I get it. I get what this one was. I don't know. But in this continuing exploration of whatever my good bad brain is, which I realized I must continue to do, (laughs) I think we're going to try all kinds of different things as we move forward. I'm going to talk to more listeners because I've had more listeners reach out and I think it's really important to hear from the people who listen to this podcast. I think I started with this idea that I'm going to have some kind of judgment of the things that I say are always going to be as supportable as possible or at least have my stamp of approval and know who I am and know what's sane and a good example. I don't know how to do that. I'm not a therapist and I'm not done. And I am not just a good brain. I am a good, bad brain. And I'm still breaking down sometimes. And that's the process. We're going to start opening that door to let people talk about their experiences, whatever they may be. I don't know. I think we need to keep doing that with each other. I think we need to keep getting it out and listening and letting people talk, having the conk, (laughs) having the talking stick. Because there's something about it. There's something about just saying we're setting the intention here in my mystical, magical circle where I have made it okay to deal with the demons. They'll either be out or in because we allowed them to be here, but they're not powerful here. They have bodies that we can defeat. That we're going to keep making that statement true. You're okay. You're okay. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not really anything. It's just okay. Chop wood, carry water. Ramble on muttering (laughs) for an hour. Light incense. Do work that makes you feel good. Do work that you don't care about. Pay the bills. Breathe in and out. Eat something. Something healthy, something fucked up. Do something self-destructive today. Do something positive today. It's all okay. Chop wood, carry water. You're just being a person. And that is infinite. That's just you being a poem. Part of it. Part of it, part of it, part of it, part of it, part of it. 
part of the big blanket, you know? All things. Dissolving. You ever see those old, like, I think they're called exploded technical drawings? Where it's like an object, like on a patent, and it's just all the pieces and parts are separated from each other, and you can see the object, but it's all every little piece of nut and bolt and thing. That's what I'm doing sometimes for myself. Blowing myself apart to look at the constellation of me. Here's a piece I got from my mom. Here's a piece I got from my dad. This came from that teacher in high school. This is all me. This came from that uh, woman that I saw on the street. This came from my lover. This came from someone who never knew I existed. That came from me again. That came from me again. That came from a dog one time. One time. I felt real bad. I felt really fucking awful. And I was alone. I had nobody to talk to about this aloneness. And I went up to Laurel Canyon. And there's a trail up there on Mulholland Drive. And I walked along this trail, and I was just alone in the canyon of L.A. And out of nowhere, someone's dogs just <laughs> ran up with me. And they just walked with me like I was their pack. I don't know who they belonged to. They stayed with me. I don't know where their owner was. Eventually, they rejoined their owner. They came up, and they said, hey, you feel good. Something going on here. Let's check this out. One time, when I was feeling really fucking alone and bad, maybe you are too, I don't know. I went to the park, I went to Griffith Park alone. That was a really bad place. I sat on a picnic table, just sat there. Why the fuck am I here? What did I come here for? What am I going to find in fucking Griffith Park? What am I doing here? This isn't even real nature, just cars, I don't know. What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? Anything. What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? I'm so fucking alone. <laughs> this coyote comes out of nowhere. Just fucking trots up to me. Three feet away. Sniffs at me a little bit. Keeps loping along. Walks on. Fuck, I thought. message received you're okay you're fucking okay you're fucking okay you're just part of it you're just part of it it's alright it's all good you're okay this is the you're okay tape I'm here for you. I'm not sure who I is that's talking. Because I know Jarrett's not always here for you. He's just a guy. He's just a guy on the internet. He's just a guy on the internet of questionable sanity. Of decidedly unqualified 
position. Someone who fucks up all the time, who is struggling with his own ego and who the fuck he is and what he is, if he should do anything, if he should exist, struggling like you. He's not always available. So I don't know who he's, who he is. He can't say he's always here for you. Sometimes he obsessively checks messages and likes and notes and bits and bobs. Sometimes he shuns it and can't even look at it. Sometimes he sees it and can't face it. Sometimes it makes him hate himself more. Sometimes it makes him feel like he's doing good things. Sometimes, 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 sometimes. But I'm here for you right now. I don't know if I'm this tape. I don't know if I'm the molecules of the air vibrating back and forth between the thing creating the sound and the thing hitting your eardrums. I don't know if I'm your eardrums. The thing shaking around in there and vibrating and creating the signals that your brain interprets. I don't know if I'm the electrical signals in your brain. I don't know if I'm your brain. I don't know if I'm the chemicals in your brain. I don't know. But whatever I am, I'm here with you. And you're okay. And this will get better. And maybe it's already a little better. Maybe you're just experiencing annoyance. Maybe you're experiencing judgment of whatever the fuck this bullshit is. Maybe you're experiencing annoyance at yourself that you felt like you had to find a tape or something to like <laughs> listen to to feel a little better. That's how I feel sometimes when I do it. When I go look for a podcast or a tape or music or something, when I need something that I deem cheesy, that's why I have that fucking question, something cheesy you find inspiring that I should be better in. Sometimes I get so fucking judgy and annoyed and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit that I need to go listen to? Oh, you're so pathetic. And then I'm at least in a place of judgment or anger or something, putting something on silliness, this faux other person. And that can kick me out of whatever I was in. There's a helicopter coming. A helicopter's the helicopters that fly over my house as a side note to all this weirdness they're military helicopters often because there's some base nearby and they test and every time I see them I think A. scary police state if they wanted you they'd get you <laughs> and two I get this thrill of excitement because maybe that story is going to start and that is so dark and fucked up and wouldn't be fun if it was happening for real but the thought is exciting. A new story. There's like a sci-fi novel ready to start at any second. So I love Neil Gaiman's stories. Behind any door in any city, the things you don't pay attention to, there could be a whole world existing of magic, of gods and fairies and demons. and oof, I love that. That's the real world, this magical place. But my point is, no matter what you're feeling now, it's got to be different than what it was at the beginning. And there's something I can't explain the impossible thought other than 
even if it's the same thing that you were feeling at the beginning and nothing is better now that you're here, it's still different than it was then because it is the same thing but now. And even in that, the knowledge that a thing changes simply because it's now and it was then, that is the possibility of change. And if there's possibility of change, there's possibility of change for the better. And if there's possibility of change for the better, that means there is better that already exists somewhere in the future, in an alternate dimension, somewhere. And just like maybe it helps, because it helps me to know that there's someone else who's also alone, and now I am together in that aloneness, just knowing something else exists makes me feel better sometimes. You can know that there's a version of you someplace, maybe in the future, maybe in the past, but time's an illusion, so that's all now. That feels better. And just knowing there's a you that feels better might actually help you feel better. And I'll tell you, I was going through it last week hard. And it was hard for any of these thoughts to have any effect. And part of it was I just had to let it happen. And it ended. Because everything ends. The story ends. You're good. You're okay. I'm here for you. Yeah. That's what this episode has been. Okay? You can play it again if you want. I think I'm going to come back and play this for myself. Truly. Because sometimes you need it. I need it. I need to talk to myself sometimes. This is me, your buddy, your something. And if things are useful to you, let them be useful. And if they're nonsense, let them be useful in the fact that you know that they're nonsense. Let them be useful and then would they point out the knowledge that you possess. Let it be useful. Let it be useful. You're okay. I'm here for you. Wow. Our brains suck sometimes. You will feel better. But in the meantime, I am here for you. You'll get rational again. I'm going to end with something really saccharine. I'm sorry. You are held in love. The whole fucking universe. The things that tie us together. That's love. We are all connected. Love in this infinite, impossible sense we could never comprehend. Okay? It helps me. It helps me. I never know what helps me, but I know that helps me. Your breath and your word.
wow, our brains suck sometimes. You will feel better. But in the meantime, I am here for you. Big deep breath. One more, one more. You're going to get my big, congested, fourth day of antibiotics, deep breath attempt, okay? Together. Be well. Self-care. Hydrate. My Good Bad Brain is a production of Mind Jam Media. If you like the pod, check us out at patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. You know, leave nice reviews if you like it. Those are helpful too. Thanks a lot. Be well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.